almost a mysterious sense of call. I, I sometimes have compared it to like so close encounters of the third kind where the spaceship comes down, it kind of marks people and they just feel they have to go somewhere. It, it, it's a combination of the uh, experience is very spiritual, it's very cultural. You're in Spain, it's very historic. People have been walking in there for well over a thousand years. And millions of pilgrims have taken this and it just captivated me that you know, I wanted to be part of that experience. And I also sense that by just walking, um, taking my time, um, being open to whatever happened to me in a moment would help me just kind of re, re-gear my life, re, you know, set, set a new pattern and uh, a new pace. And uh, it seemed like the perfect thing to do. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast, brought to you by Career Pivot. This podcast is where those of us in the second half of life come together to discuss how to repurpose our careers for the 21st century. Come listen to career experts give you proven strategies. Listen to people like you tell their stories on how they repurpose their careers. And finally, get your questions answered. Your host, Mark Miller, has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. He understands this is not about jumping out of the frying pan into a fire, but rather to create a plan where you make clear, actionable steps or pivots to a better future career. Are you ready to repurpose your career? Welcome to episode 143 of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. My name is Mark Miller, and I'll be your host every Monday for discussion on what it's like to repurpose your career. Career Pivot is the sponsor of this podcast. CareerPivot.com is one of the very few websites dedicated to those of us in the second half of life in our careers. Take a moment to check out the blog and the other resources that are delivered to you free of charge. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with other like-minded souls. Subscribe on CareerPivot.com, iTunes, or any of the other apps that supply podcasts. Share it on social media or just tell your neighbors and colleagues. The more people we reach, the more people we can help. I haven't asked for you. We're going to do something new. When I did the survey earlier in the year, I asked about setting up donations. So between the bookings and one-on-one guest interviews and editing each episode, this podcast takes time, effort, and resources to share with you each week. In fact, I spent about $400 a month to get this show on the air. Since launching the show in October 2016, almost 150 episodes later, I've been humbled and grateful for the steady buildup of listeners and by the scores of messages, reviews, letting me know that this podcast has had an impact on their careers and lives. It's clear that these inspiring and advice-driven stories from experts and people like yourself have had an impact. I want to keep this podcast focused on content that's entertaining, informative, and mindful of your time. So one way to accomplish this is direct listener support. Your support would help grow the show and help support people just like you. I'm asking for $5 a month, but you can contribute as much or as little as you like every penny counts. If the Repurpose Your Career podcast is part of any of your day or week and you love what I'm doing, please support us in any way you can today. Go to glow.fm, that's G-L-O-W dot F-M slash Repurpose Your Career to give. This link will be at the top of the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode dash 143. 
As I record this episode, the manuscript of the next edition of Repurpose Your Career has been uploaded to KDP Amazon, the self-publishing arm of Amazon.com. Proof copies of the paperback edition are in the hands of volunteers from the Repurpose Your Career release team to review for fit and finish. By the time this podcast episode releases, we will just be days away from the soft launch on September 12th. On that date, the Kindle edition is available for 99 cents. On September 16th, the paperback edition publishes, but you can pre-order that now. If you go to careerpivot.com slash launch, you will find all the links to how you can go order your book now. I am recording many podcast episodes which have already been published and more to come. If you go to careerpivot.com slash launch, you'll be directed to a page where you can find all the links to all the podcast episodes. I plan to be in Austin the week of September 22nd, the New Jersey area. Yes, I'm from New Jersey originally. The week of September 29th and D.C. the following week and would love to meet my readers and listeners. I have two events planned for Austin, for New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. I will then head to D.C. for a meet and greet. Please go to careerpivot.com slash launch to learn more. Next week, I have a really great story for you. I have Nikki and David Yeager on the podcast. Nikki is David's daughter, and she wrote me saying, My dad, David Yeager, wrote a pile of children's books when I was just a baby. We've worked together to self-publish one recently, and now he's passionately donating 100 of the proceeds to KIND, an organization that provides pro bono legal services and policy education to help families who've been separated at the U.S. border. Nikki lives in Thailand. Her dad lives in Florida. Nikki is illustrating the books that her father wrote when she was a child. You can hear a bit more at David Yeager Books. That's David Y A Y G R R Books.com. Really cool URL. And you will find a link to this website in the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode 143. When Nikki approached me, I was really touched by the story and what they're doing. And I am way too familiar with what's going on at the border, having lived in Texas for many years and living in Mexico now. But this week, I have a great interview for you. I am interviewing Russ Eanes. Russ is a member of the Career Pivot Online community who left his job more than a year ago at the age of 60. Russ suffered from a double whammy. Both his industry and career path were disappearing. Listen to his story of getting lost and then finding his way to writing a book and starting a business to help others self-publish. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast. I have the joy of having Russ Eanes on the podcast, who's actually a member of the Career Pivot online community. Welcome to the podcast, Russ. Thanks, Mark. I'm glad to be with you. Russ, he is embarking on a new direction, and I wanted to take everybody through his uh, his new career path, and uh, which he's not quite there yet, but the fact that he's going to be publishing a book. So why don't we get started, Russ, and what did you do in the first half of life? 
Yeah, I was one of those people that always had a hard time answering that question exactly because I did several different things. I have worked uh, in ministry for several years in the church, partly in the Mennonite church, most recently in the Mennonite church. But I've also worked many years in uh, publishing, which is my real love, the publishing industry. I've also been a university administrator. So I've tried different things, done different things. But my real love is publishing, writing, editing, anything in the literary field. That's my real passion. So what did you do last? Yes. So the last thing I did, I kind of reached what I thought of as kind of the top of my career. I was executive director of Menno Media, which is the the publisher for the Mennonite Church in the U.S. and Canada, like Mennonite Church USA, Mennonite Church Canada. And we publish books, curriculum, music, magazines for both denominations. And uh, it required a lot of work, a lot of contact with constituents, managing a sizable staff in multiple locations in the U.S. and Canada. But like anyone else that's been in either the publishing business or has worked in in churches, uh, as anyone would know, they're both going through tremendous change. And churches are decreasing in number numbers, fewer people. And the publishing industry has gone through a tremendous disruption in the past two decades, actually longer than two decades, but the last two decades have been the greatest. And so to work in, in uh, as a church publisher, you're kind of at the nexus of that, of, you know, major disruption or decline. And uh, for me, I, uh, 11 years in, it kind of took my a, a toll. It was just kind of wore me out. I found I was less effective than I had been when I started. So uh, a couple of years ago, I decided when I turned 60 that maybe it was time to move on. Yeah, the interesting piece I find in your story is the fact that we talk about career spaces disappearing, career tracks, which yours was publishing, and then whole industry. And of course, your industry being in church and religious denominations, which is declining, you got hit with a double whammy. I did get hit with a double whammy. And um, yeah, it's it's just fatiguing. And I was really good at what I did in, in, in both of the work, but also very good at downsizing. You know, I uh, merged twice, uh, moved the business twice, sold two buildings. But I felt like it was starting to, that, that the downsizing was defining who I was. And that really wasn't what I, who I felt I should be in life. And that maybe it was time for to do me to do one last downsize, and that was me. So decided we needed to do one more restructuring. Two years ago, I basically restructured myself out of my job. Yeah, when I was at my first tech startup, and uh, we we were we were bought by Lucent, and Lucent spun us out as a gear systems, and we were hemorrhaging. And I was on the team that was picking who was going to be laid off next. I was part of the team that was ranking people. God, I hated that. I did too. I did too. And uh, there's a point where you can just lay off, you can lay off to so many of your friends and you said, well, I think now it's time for me to move on. So you you decided to find your successor and and get out. What happened next? I had been thinking for a while I needed a sabbatical and uh, my wife very graciously said, just take a year off. We saved money. She has a part-time job. You know, I have some retirement income. We figured we could make it for a while. And so she said, you just take that year off. So I took a year off and I, I did some traveling 
uh, went to South America to see my son for a few weeks. And then in the summer, I took a three-week trip uh, biking across the UK. But uh, the big thing was I had been dreaming for almost 20 years of walking the Camino de Santiago, which is 500 miles across Spain. And I said, this is the time I'm going to do it. I've got all the time I need. I can take six weeks off now and go do that. So why did you want to do that hike? It captured my interest from the first time I read about it. There's many things about it that, uh, you know, it's almost a mysterious sense of call. I, I sometimes have compared it to like it's a close encounters of the third kind where the spaceship comes down, it kind of marks people and they just feel they have to go somewhere. It, it, it's a combination of the uh, experience is very spiritual, it's very cultural. You're in Spain, it's very historic. People have been walking there for well over a thousand years and millions of pilgrims have taken this and it just captivated me that you know i wanted to be part of that experience and i also sense that by just walking um, taking my time um, being open to whatever happened to me in a moment would help me just kind of re re-gear my life re you know set, set a new pattern and uh, a new pace and uh, it seemed like the perfect thing to do so you complete the walk, and then what happened next? I completed the walk in May of 2018, and I came home. I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do next? So I had this idea before that I wanted to start a business where I'd help people self-publish. But before I even got that far, I came home and I just felt kind of lost. I mean, I'd been six weeks in Spain walking 15 miles a day, 25 kilometers a day, kind of exploring whatever was around the next corner, getting to know all sorts of interesting people, pretty much out of the fast pace of life. And I come home and bam, I'm right back into American culture. And I'm like, whoa, I don't feel like I fit here anymore. What's And uh, this is a very common experience. Many people feel that way. So I I didn't feel I was alone in it, but just first this was the sense of, I'm lost, you know, what will I do now? As I was preparing to do this bike ride across the UK, I was out riding my bike, I was training, and one day it just kind of came to me, I thought, you know, maybe I ought to write a book about that experience of walking on the Camino. And it's like all the pieces just fell in place. I said, you know, I've been wanting to start this self-publishing business. i worked with hundreds of authors, published hundreds of books. Why don't I do one myself? And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll know, I, I kind of know the experience, you know, the, the, the process pretty well, but, um, in terms of self-publishing, what better way to do it and to coach somebody through it than to do it yourself. So the idea came to write this book. And when I'd been in Spain, I, you know, my sort of all the stuff that's swirling around in us all the time had, had, you know, it could just all surface and I could think through whatever I wanted to think through and my inner life just kind of opened up. And this great love for writing that I'd always had since I was very young just got reignited. And I was writing letters home and emails and I was posting things to friends on Facebook and stuff to my family and just had all this creativity, you know, it just started coming up, you know, the creativity started coming out. So the writing just sort of flowed at first. It wasn't even work. It was just pouring out of me. I, you know, about nine months ago, I started gathering up all the fragments of everything I'd been writing, 
start putting it together in a book. And I had never, ever thought I would write a book. I never even really wanted to write a book. I didn't know that I could keep my attention going in something that long. But I took all the fragments of what I'd written. And then sometime uh, after a few months, I started working with an editor and began to develop a, cer- a certain narrative style of writing that I could narrate the journey so then I just kind of took the journey, which is 500 miles over, you know, six weeks. And I just kind of hung some of the different things I learned, different experiences, you know, it kind of stuck them in different stages of the journey. Well, let me ask you this. This is, I've had a number of folks, including myself, I, I like to say, have gone on a walkabout. It's the Aborigine where you go out, you don't know necessarily what to expect and what you're going to get. And you suddenly discover all this stuff. Does that relate to kind of what you did? You mean on the walk or in the yeah. writing or both? In, in both. Yes. In the walk. I mean, I, I had known a lot of people who had walked the Camino de Santiago, and that was part of why I was so interested in it. You know, I, it, for over 20 years, I just kept meeting people that had walked it, and they would tell me about their experiences, and I'd say, I got to do that. And one of the things that I'd I'd known is that just the unexpected happens all the time and you get into a a rhythm where you just, well, you don't do a lot of planning. You know, you get up in the morning and you put stuff in your pack and you kind of get out your guidebook and you see where you could walk that day and about how far it is and you take off and then you just kind of receive whatever happens during that day. And it is just so very different than ordinary life where we're constantly scheduling and planning and making lists. And, you know, you're in the grocery line and the line next to you is going faster and you're feeling frustrated that you've gotten in the wrong line, you know, where you left the house without your grocery list or you forgot to do something on your your errand. You know, when you're out running errands, you forgot to do something, you feel frustrated. When you're walking like this in the Camino, there just isn't any list. There's, you know, you have a going to go about 20, 25 kilometers today. And I think I'm going to end up there and let's see what happens. I took five weeks off when I was a young man and hiked Colorado and Utah and went to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And it took me almost two weeks to forget what day of the week it was. And I didn't care. That's exactly right. In fact, I have to consult my calendar when I look back on the the stages that I walked to realize what day of the week it was because I never had any idea. Um, but the only thing I knew was that my wife was going to meet me on a Friday on April 27th. That's the only day I really had in mind. Right. Yeah, it's amazing when you go off and you eliminate all the structure that society puts on us that you suddenly you realize all this crap, you don't really need it and don't want it. And because I know that I've found that living down here in Mexico, when I go back to the U S just like you, you said, uh, you come back to all the junk. Yeah. And, and, you know, and everything you need is in a 16 pound pack on your back and you realize how little you need. I mean, I, I missed friends and family, family, especially while I was gone. But otherwise, the only thing I could say that I ever missed is was books. I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a reader. That would be the only thing I'd say I missed. So whenever I would stop and spend the night somewhere, if there were books in English, I would just devour them. I had a, a book along with me that kind of told about the history and the culture of the Camino de Santiago. This was besides a guidebook. And I was consulting that every day about the history of the towns I was about to go through. But that didn't take me too long to read, and then I'd be wanting to read something else. 
So yeah, you realize how little you really need in life to feel uh, satisfied. And so you're, you've started writing the book, you found yourself an editor. How did the things progress from there? I had no idea how much rewriting I was going to have to do. And I have an old saying, which is, you can write better than you think, but you could use some help. And so I, I discovered I was writing better than I thought I could, but I was really needing a lot of help. And my editors kept pointing out things to me. I actually ended up working with two different editors, and they kept pointing out certain things, patterns in my writing. And so what's good is that by the time I was writing the last chapter, which was you know about nine months after I'd started, I had most of my bad writing habits uh, you know, I'd, I'd weeded out the bad habits. It took a lot of rewriting, and it writing is is a tough mental work, and is a lot more. I kind I knew it was exhausting, but to do it day after day after day was a lot more exhausting than I than I probably had prepared myself for. That's why I work with Susan, who Russ were also worked with Susan Leahy. I always say it doesn't make any difference what you think; it's what your readers think. So you got to get outside your own head. That's exactly right. And Susan and even my previous editor would sometimes say something to me like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't get this. Why does this matter? And my wife said to me, well, you know, you've lived the story so much that you don't stop to think about what it might look like to someone else. And so a good editor will will point those things out to you, the, the inconsistencies or the problems that you don't notice or the redundancies. Uh, because I, I, I wrote so much of the book in pieces going back and forth in time and then had to kind of reassemble it chronologically, I found myself, I found that I'd repeated myself and I didn't really discover some of those redundancies until the very end. Okay, so the book is pretty much done. What, what are your next steps? Well, I'm publishing the book myself. I've started a little publishing imprint. I call it the Walker Press. And my hope is to do more books myself and then maybe even um, find some other people that want to do books about uh, walking. These are books dedicated to to walking. And um, I will be publishing it Labor Day. Um, It'll be available. And I'm opening it um, through Amazon and also through Ingram Spark. Those are the two main self-publishing channels in the U.S. Um, I've got some smaller promotional ideas that I'm uh, working on and some advertising and a few events and uh, just hoping to have a lot of fun with it because I love talking about the experience. Um, I also took like 3,000 pictures. So I, 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 I show pictures when I, when I make presentations. I'll be, I'll be doing that. And then um, I've started working with the, with the first few clients, a few people that, are, that, that want to work with me on doing self-publishing and uh, hoping then to, to Find my capacity, you know, how many people I can work with at a time. So what have you learned from this experience? Boy, I've, I've learned so much. In the writing, I've learned that it is, I really have a lot of fun with it. It's a tremendous uh, creative process. And one thing I've done is that I, as I was writing over the last six months, I would send out chapters to readers and I would get their feedback. and. I would say over that time, I've had about 25 different readers, and they've given me excellent feedback. You know, this is really good, or I don't get that, or no, it doesn't make sense, um, or do more of this. You, know, you really had me there. Keep going with that. And uh, so that's that's been a really valuable experience um, working 
uh, with with readers of the book. So the the creative process has just been tremendous, and it's uh, kind of, I guess, given me a chance to do something I'd always wanted to do. And uh, I'm I feel really happy and glad that at this point in my life I could I could do something I'd really dreamed of doing for a very long time. But also I've just learned well I've also learned how much longer it takes than you might imagine. And when I look back at my original idea, which is that I kind of would have this book published maybe five months ago, you know, I now realize I mean I, I kinda knew it was probably unrealistic, but you know, I would give it a shot. Um, it's it's taken longer than I thought. I've I've had to learn how to be my own boss and obey my own boss. It took me probably a couple months before I realized that if I really wanted to get some serious work done, I had to leave the house. Um, not because there was anybody here bothering me. I was mostly home alone, but uh, just because I would, you know, get up and go to the next room and something would distract me. And the next thing I know, half an hour goes by and I have to come back sit down to work. So I went to a coffee shop in town uh, three days a week, uh, at least, and just hunkered down for several hours. And there was, you know, with the customers and the people milling around was kind of a uh, kind of a white noise, you know, that just kind of kept me from getting distracted, believe it or not. And uh, it was a good atmosphere for writing in. So, yeah, the creative process and learning to, to be my own boss, been a long learning curve. And longer than I anticipated. I always joke, I work for the worst boss ever, me. And so, right. where did you find your readers? Some of, them, some of my readers are, are uh, just friends. Some are family. And then uh, twice, I just put out on Facebook to my Facebook friends. A lot of people knew. I had announced quite a while back that I was writing a book about the experience. And I have about a dozen friends on Facebook that are that are really interested in one to read. And then there's a there's a, a a big online forum for people who are interested in the Camino de Santiago. So a lot of these are people that have walked it or want to walk it. And I just posted there, I said I'm writing a book. I'm really curious for feedback from people that have walked this, that have been through this experience. What do you think about what I've written? And I got another dozen readers, and they were the best ones of all because they knew exactly the experience, and they could point out any problems or say, you know, yeah, that's really that's really good. I'm glad you, you know you've got about the right balance of all the things you need to have in the book. So you make yourself vulnerable in all those cases. Gotten tremendous feedback and um, kept me going. Yeah, the one thing that keeps people a lot of people from getting started is not willing to go get feedback because. They may tell you it sucks. Exactly. <laughs> right? And, and that will happen when you're a writer. <laughs> oh, yes. And you will, you know, and I, I've had a few folks who have approached me and they'll give me something and you have to be very gentle to say your baby sucks. Uh, but it, it's it's important that you get that feedback. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I think it's important when uh, if you, if a person does give feedback to a writer, you know, that you try to frame it in a positive way because writers can be sensitive, um, especially if they're writing about themselves. But you also have to have a thick skin. So um, you have to learn. I mean, my, my wife is a ruthless editor. She's my first reader. So she goes through and she marks the grammar and the punctuation, and then she strikes out words. And so, I, you know, I, you have to just 
learn to accept all that. And sometimes your editor or a reader, you know, is is off. You know, they haven't quite got it right, but mostly they're on. So you said Labor Day. What date is Labor Day 2019? I think it's the 2nd of September. So um, I set that date because I said, you know, well, for several reasons. One was I just need to give myself a pretty hard deadline to meet. And I seem to, I'm on track with that. So uh, I should be, the, the book will be available and anybody can get it then. Um, I also am, am leaving for a trip uh, the, for the last week of September, first week of October to go do another walk. This one's just two weeks. My wife likes to, to hike and walk like I do. She doesn't like to be gone as long as I do. So two weeks is, is, is about as long as she likes to be gone. So we're about to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary, so we're going to celebrate it by going to Italy to walk um, between Rome and Florence in the Umbrian Mountains. There's a, a, a route called the Way of St. Francis, and so we're going to walk, oh, about eight days up to Assisi, which is kind of in the middle of, the, of Umbria. And uh, a marked trail places to stay every, every, you know, 10 or 15 kilometers and we we have all the the hiking gear we you know the backpacks and everything from our from last year so we say hey, let's do it again it's it's we now think it's the best way to travel on foot uh, you're going very slow and you can take things in and so i'm i wanted to get the book out well in advance of that so that i could you know respond to do anything i need to do before i i take off for 2 weeks so if someone wanted to learn more about your book and your publishing press and your self-publishing business, how might they find you? Well, the, the first and easiest place is russeens.com. So I have a page there. I blog. And spell yes. that for us? Yeah, R-U-S-S-E-A-N-E-S.com. R-U-S-S-E-A-N-E-S.com. And then I also have a blog called, uh, a WordPress blog called The Rusty Walker. And um, the book is called The Walk of a Lifetime, 500 Miles on the Camino to Santiago. By going to rustines.com, you should be able to find out about the book, about Walker Press, my self-publishing business. That should all be there. And we'll put links to all this in the show notes so everyone can just go to the show notes and, uh, and you'll find it. Sure. And Russ, you've been in the online community for, what, about six months now? About six months, yep. And how has that helped in this process? You know, it's it's been great. One thing I've discovered is there's a lot of people like me. Um, you kind of hit that second half of life. You're a little north of 60, and uh, you're not ready to stop working, but you're ready to take a life at a different pace, or you're ready to try something different. And um, so the community is full of folks like that. Not only, there's people younger, thankfully. But, uh, you know, um, you find people that are, that have, that want to try something different or have tried several things different and, uh, you discover you're not, you're not alone. A lot of us get asked this question. So what are you doing now? As if, you know, your identity is your work. And so you better spit that out first thing. And a lot of us just say, well, you know, we're looking for our next opportunity. Or in my case, I explain the type kind of freelance work I'm doing. But you discover a lot of people that are going through the same thing. Um, so I, I've just met lots of fantastic people. I, I, I enjoy the contact with the community. You know, it, it kind of gets me out of my own head, as you're saying earlier. 
And also you have some forms of accountability, and that's also been very, very helpful. I've really enjoyed being part of the community. Well, thank you, Russ. It's, um, as I claim, you're not alone in this journey. And very often when we start on these journeys, it feels real lonely. And so thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being part of the community. Thanks, Mark. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Russ is on an interesting journey that is not over. If you are interested in his book or anything else he's working on, go to careerpivot.com slash episode dash 143 for the links for his book and his website. The Career Pivot membership community continues to help the approximately 50 members who are participating in the beta phase of this project to grow and thrive. We have moved on to the next phase where community members who have experienced success to get to share their successes and teach others. This is a community where everyone is there to help everyone else out. If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably noticed we've been hovering at about 50 members for quite a while. The good thing is members are experiencing success, like going back to work, starting a new business, even someone buying a franchise. Some leave the community when they've found success, while others stay. The good thing is our legacy stays with the community as we've built up an extensive library of forum entries and discussions. I'll be publishing testimonials about what they got from the community probably after Labor Day weekend, which is probably about the time this uh, podcast publishes. I will tell you that we are having successes just about every week now. It's all about perseverance and everyone helping everyone else out. I'm recruiting new members for the next cohort. If you're interested in learning more about the endeavor and would like to be put on a waiting list, please go to careerpivot.com slash community. When you sign up, you'll receive more information about the community as it evolves. It is those who are in these initial cohorts get to set the direction of this endeavor. This is a paid membership community where I be offering group coaching, special content, mastermind groups, Slack channels, branding sessions, and more importantly, it's a community where you can seek help. Please go to careerpivot.com slash community to sign up to learn more. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Mark M-A-R-C Miller and mention that you found out about me on this podcast. Uh, look for Career Pivot on Facebook and LinkedIn. You'll also find me on Twitter at Career Pivot. Uh, please come back next week when I interview Nick, Nikki, and David Yeager from David Yeager Books. I love saying that. Last but not least, please support this podcast by going to Glow. That's G-L-O-W dot F-M slash Repurpose Your Career. The link will be at the top of the show notes. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. You will find all the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode dash 143. Yes, yes, we are heading into our th the end of our third year on this podcast. Please hop over to careerpivot.com and subscribe to get updates on this podcast and all the other happenings at Career Pivot. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Overcast, and Spotify. I hope to see you next Monday for another episode of Repurpose Your Career Podcast. Mm -hmm.